Happy Monday. It's Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. Lucas Panzica filling in for the great Mickey Ryan, taking a well-deserved day off as he celebrates his birthday on this December 27th. Blaine Bishop with me, of course. Brett Batchelor helping us out on the other side of the glass. Uh, still a victory Monday, right? Still counts. <laughs> a win on Thursday. I'm sure the Titans fans are still feeling those Victory we'll, we'll Monday vibes off. today. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take it as we can. Uh, a lot of victories, though, man, right now going on. Get to watch the other teams, too, in the AFC. And, man, it makes me a little never nervous purvis there, Lucas. It is scoreboard watching season mm-hmm. for sure, especially for Titans fans. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas with their loved ones over the weekend. And, again, a big happy birthday to our guy, Mickey Ryan. He'll be back in this chair tomorrow at 1 o'clock. On Blaine and Mickey. Uh, Blaine, you were taking in some bowl action. Y'all were chirping on Christmas Day, Ball State and Georgia State in the Camellia Bowl. Yeah, they were taking on uh, some for real action after getting walloped in the second half. It was 3 13 at <laughs> halftime. Then Georgia State, a couple turnovers, just like the Titans. Give them a couple turnovers. Quarterback fumbles the ball, and they were the better team. Obviously, they had some. Uh, and then uh, Ball State had uh, three offensive linemen out for COVID. So. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, I had to bus home uh, earlier. But uh, no excuses. Hey, Georgia State was really good. But it was kind of interesting for me going back to that stadium because I played in that stadium but only in the blue-gray game, all-star game, which no longer exists for players after they graduate from college. So that was kind of my first run and first all-star game. So it was kind of unique just being back at that stadium. It's not a home field for anything. They kind of they put some uh, you know some stadium uh, you know uh, seats in there now. It was just concrete a nice billboard and it turns you know turned it to turf because we practice on the air force base there um snyder from kansas state was my coach so i I remember that yeah i remember that and really learning a lot from him and his staff so it was it was pretty cool so yeah it was was just memories you know going back you know going back to a place where really it all started and all the excitement of if i had a shot at playing in the national football league started with that actual game so a christmas day bowl game what was that like Man, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting because Montgomery was a, was a pretty cool city downtown. But then on actual day, like we got there on a Friday, uh, a lot of things were closed or, you know, open later. But they had a, you know, fun time throughout the week. I got to, you know, talk to uh, old teammate Eddie Robinson, who is now the Alabama State uh, head football coach. And I didn't even realize uh, Troy was the is is based out of there at Montgomery. So. I, yeah. I think there's a satellite campus, satellite in, campus but yeah, yeah, the main campus is in Troy, Alabama. Alabama. Right. But yeah, they've so got a few spots of, around the state. So that was kind of some different spots to eat and everything else. But uh, all in all, it was a good experience. Uh, uh, pretty cool that uh, Ball State, I, I think, maybe the second time they've gone to a bowl back-to-back seasons. So it was, you know, big time for uh, Ball State and all the chirp chirpers. So, you know, hey, man, we you know when you're at the low man at the bottom of the, of the food chain, man, you got to <laughs> take what you can get, man. I saw on social media – you were going. You somebody brought this up to you on Twitter. Uh, your first career start for the Houston Oilers. I didn't yes. know it was on Christmas Day. It was. I had no. It how was. many Christmas Day or Thanksgiving Day games did you play in? You about to ask me because Mickey usually knows those answers for me, right? So I have no idea. Yeah, I think I was I, like I negative a, two when I, you when you I had think that start. I played so. in for sure. I know we played the Cowboys. And I want to say I played uh, played on there that day again. But I played on Thanksgiving too as well. 
Uh, so I would probably say all in all over my career, I may have played in uh, five. Did you enjoy those holiday games? Or like if, if you're in the Titans shoes this weekend, would you rather get it out of the way before Christmas Eve or have to play the day after Christmas? Like, did you enjoy the holiday games? Well, I actually enjoyed the games because then you get a longer weekend. But the process and the, and the change and you know, turnover so quickly, you never enjoy that process because I was a film junkie. So I would go in and watch tons of film. So now I couldn't spread it out over a, a five-day week. So I had to cram it in a three-day. But, yeah, I, I loved because you always had all your family up, and uh, I loved giving the assignments to to my wife to uh, kind of keep them at bay, and while I get ready for the game and at the hotel and get the tickets and everything going. So yeah, it, it was all. It, no, I felt like it was a privilege to play in those days because growing up as a kid, you think, man, I wish I could get to you know if I make the league, maybe I could play on Christmas Day, and you know those things still kind of go through your mind that it, you know it's an exciting time. And guess what? You know everybody's watching, whether it be family, friends, or people don't know you're a fans. Uh, so it was always pretty cool to play on those days. Yeah, I loved it. Well, the Titans did not get a gift-wrapped win by the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas Day. Saturday night, Arizona losing to Indy at home. Cardinals starting to slip a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins out for the season. Kyler Murray, his lowest yards per play total of the year, just a hair over five yards per play. It just couldn't move the ball consistently on offense, even though they stymied Jonathan Taylor relatively well. No touchdowns, a little over 100 yards on a lot of carries, but... Uh, it is scoreboard watching season, right? And bit of news that just came out before we went on air, Blaine. Bengals backup quarterback Brandon Allen on the COVID list. Now that's big for Titans fans as far as how that might affect the Bengals roster because the Bengals take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. And if Titans have their eye on the one seed, you need a Chiefs loss along the way somewhere. They take on Cincinnati on the road, then they're at home against Denver. So if Joe Burrow happens to be affected, and he hasn't yet, nothing about that has come out, but backup quarterback Brandon Allen for the Bengals is on the COVID list. Titans fans need Joe Burrow healthy on Sunday. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. He I mean, was healthy yesterday. That's yeah, for yeah sure. he was. He looked pretty good. And I, I don't know the rules. I know they've kind of adjusted how you do about the COVID. If he if he does test positive, uh, you're throwing out the theory that Barrel, you know, may possibly test positive because they're in the same meeting rooms. Yeah. You know, if he's vaccinated, he if, can't if, be contact traced. Right. Okay. That exactly it. So that's the rule. So I'm assuming that the way he looked after, but I have no idea. So, you know what, as fans and I get it, we're all looking for all these different scenarios, but as a player, the mindset is control what you control. And that's really clearly all the players in the league uh, because you don't know what's going to happen with COVID. You can't play for, oh, man, I hope that they get COVID. Oh, I hope that they lose. Well, guess what? If you just keep winning, guess what? Everything is under your control. So that's what you only think about as a player. I, I remember always interviewing in the locker room, and those were always questions. And most athletes aren't really thinking down the road. All they can do is say you have to focus on this week because if you're not focused on the opponent that actually play and the guys you're actually competing against, whether it's a – backup guy, practice squad guy, you're trying to get all information that you can to figure out a way to attack your individual matchup and opponent. Uh, so it's always interesting because sometimes it becomes a distraction to players that you're asking them questions that really they, you know, what, what, what can we do? That, that really, but nobody can actually say, oh, what can because then somebody's going to take it and run with it that they were rude or anything. But at the end of the day, they're like, well, hey, I, I got to get ready for the backup, whoever that is. The guy is capable and we're seeing more players are more capable than people think, even if they were on the practice squad dependent. So that's why, you know, athletes, you know, they're looking at it like, man, you just said I was a, I was horrible and I was sitting on the couch or I was unemployed. But all of a sudden now I come in here and I do a solid job. So just like no different than Dylan Radins, 
you know, got put in a position to me, which was way tougher. And were they forced to play him? They might not even play him then if it wasn't COVID. So, you you, you know, and then he did a, a solid job. It's something you could say, I can work with this. We'll continue to get better and improve week in and week out. And uh, we see the potential here, whether it's a guard or tackle. So I, I think that's kind of how the players kind of focus. It's funny being in media now. I get why we're talking about all the different scenarios because you're hoping that the Titans get the number one seed, but the Titans are sitting back saying, hey, yeah, well, we, you know, we would, but I, all we can do is win. If we win both our games and, and the Chiefs win both their games, where do they, they finish tied? I, I don't even are they, I mean, Well, the, the Titans would have the tiebreaker, tie right. but the Chiefs right now have a better record. Right. Chiefs are 11-4. So and if they four. win both of theirs, then we lose out. So Correct, yeah. The right. Titans need a Chiefs loss to have a shot at the one seed. Is it to be the number one seed? I mean, the number two seed? Sorry about that. Number two seed. I think the number two seed, you may not get the buy, but guess what? Everybody wants to buy talking about health. I would beg to differ, and only because I played. I would I would definitely be on the side of that extra day gives you a lot of rest, uh, but maybe you're playing that last week on a Saturday, so you do get an extra day because you kind of lose rhythm and flow uh, when you're playing well, only if you're playing well going into the playoffs. Every time I had a buy. Every team I was on as an Oiler Titan, we lost every time. And it was because we didn't continue to have that extra mojo going in. Started out of a little rusty after the first quarter, then you get your mojo back. Well, guess what? You may have made some mistakes during that time, and you can't get it back. And that's why I say that. And I know everybody thinks rest is more important or playing at home in the playoffs. It really doesn't matter. This team, the Titans, is built just like ours were. Good, good defense. You can run the football. That travels well in the National Football League. So it doesn't matter where you're actually playing. Uh, I, I like the idea of uh, rest, but theoretically, I, I, I want to keep rolling, especially if you're, you're winning. If you're on a, like a five-game win streak, you stop there, then you miss a week, not as sharp. You're just not. And I, and I get Iron sharper, sharp, yeah. sharper than iron. I mean, that's just... It does. I get that mentality, too. Uh, I mean, I saw it, it. Totally different sport. But the MLS playoffs, the playoffs begin two weeks after the end of the regular season. Uh-huh. And the best team in the league, the New England Revolution, best team during the regular season, got a bye week far. on by top far. of that. Mm-hmm. The New England Revolution didn't play their first playoff game until three weeks, weeks after the end of the regular season. Guess what happened? They lost. They lost. One and done. In the post, they, they were the yeah. best team in the regular season, far and away. Somewhat very similar to that. So I, I, I get that apprehension, but there's also just how banged up this team has been, and how good Mike Vrabel's been in his career, coming off of long weeks and bye weeks. That I think has this, fa- and yeah. just the idea of the postseason well, running through well, Nashville. Let's, let's go here first. Who's banged up that you want out there? Banged up. I didn't say COVID. Yeah. Banged up. Besides Henry. Which I'm, is a whole other discussion. I think sad folk. Yeah, everybody yeah. could do for an extra day. The whole rest. offensive line, right, I, I mean, think, would fall under that. But everybody would be able to play if they are healthy. I think yeah. Lewan had the back first. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, before the COVID, COVID came down. Situation. Mm-hmm. And Saffold was trending towards Towards playing right he was a full participant all week before covid hit last week uh and you wonder if that timing might work out in their favor and i like my office of linemen not missing a week right yeah i I just think you gotta bang to be a banger that's that's it especially a team that runs and i think that's why arizona's having issues they're kind of a finesse team they run the football but they really want to throw the football to move the ball and that doesn't really travel and that doesn't give you the recipe for success uh, in the playoffs, no James Conner Saturday either for the Cardinals in that loss. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, James Conner was out. DeAndre Hopkins, of course. Titans do control their own destiny for the two seed, winning out 
if the Chiefs were to win out as well, would get the Titans, obviously, the AFC South title and the two seed, where they'd be able to host the wild card and the divisional round if they won. So uh, next two weeks, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, But the Patriots, Bills helping out the Titans a little bit, defeating the Patriots on the road as they take back control of the AFC East. What did you think about the Patriots game? I thought the Bills would win that game, uh, you know, and they look like the better team. And Josh Allen is the real deal. Man, he was throwing dimes. Even when he missed, he was still throwing dimes to me because it's like he made that throw across his body. You shouldn't have made that throw anyway when he completed some of them. They just look like the better team. Ultimately, I'm interested to see as much as I love what Mac Jones has done as a rookie quarterback, can he do those things against the elite teams? Yeah. When you get in the playoffs and those teams scheme to stop what you do, can they put it on his back and say, lead us down the road? Because he just kind of missed some passes I thought should have been complete. And I thought he got flustered a little bit. They were getting pressure uh, pretty quick, uh, even with their front four. Feels so like I, he's hit a bit of a wall, Yeah, Mac Jones. I mean, we can always talk about a wall, but I don't, I don't understand as an athlete what is a wall like as a quarterback, like either you get it done or you don't. Uh, you can say, well, I'm not playing well. Uh, like let's say Dak Prescott, when he came back from his injury, he was he was playing, he was solid, but he wasn't playing as well as he was before, uh, which goes back to the mojo and the rhythm and timing. So at some point, you know, usually typically after three or four weeks in a row, people now have figured you out. Based off of film study through my time, after about three or four weeks, you better start evolving and changing your game plans a little bit differently and have some more surprises for the teams. If not, you become stagnant because teams kind of, especially in this day and age, if you're playing teams that are really good defenses, they'll figure you out pretty quick. Well, Dak didn't hit a wall yeah, last night as I watched his really sleep well. number commercial on the TV uh, behind you really right well. there. The and they Cowboys. look like one of the better teams in the NFC now. I mean, like the best, maybe. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Yeah. Where are you going? The Rams? Well, there were some... Big-time quarterback performances on Sunday, but I want to hear about the opposite of that. Ding-dong of the week coming up next <laughs> on the other side, 615-737-1045. Myself, Blaine, and Brett, we have ours, and we want to hear yours. 615-737-1045 to give us your ding-dong of the week. On the other side, it's Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. that time every monday at 120 right here on blaine and mickey ding dong of the week before we start the dings though though we have to talk about you know lucas tell us a little bit about what he did over, over the weekend uh you know your traditions there with uh, italian i guess a mix of a yeah, little bit of everything huh we i was not at the i was not Chirp chirping at the Camellia Bowl like you were. Where where Uh, were you? I was in Montgomery, Alabama. Where were you? Were you somewhere close to me? I was, was, uh, what, two hours away from you in Birmingham? No, Birmingham's only an hour. Uh, Yeah, not even. I should know. I grew up there. Uh, Brett knows, too. He went to Montevallo. Uh, My my dad's quarantine project, when everything shut down last year, Mm -hmm. my dad is Italian, for anyone who doesn't know. His quarantine project was... To get his own wood-fired oven to make pizza. So he had it shipped from Portugal last year, oh, like in this, May. So your dad's pretty serious about some pizza. He's very wood serious. Fired. He's he very just serious got some about wood it. and wood-fired it outside or something. If, like, if, you, if you put ranch on my dad's pizza, he'll just faint. <laughs> uh, so, so do's or don'ts, that's another thing we're going to do. Yeah. Do's or don'ts, what to put on pizza. Exactly. So he had some people over, and my dad, you know, he puts on a show. He makes like nine or ten pizzas. He's got his apron on. He loves it. He's got... 
his big pizza slicer that I got him and, and stuff like that. Margarita pizza, all, all different kinds. And you can kind of make your own. It's great. It's fun. Oh, and man, you didn't bring us any back. I did not. I'm sorry. It, oh. that, there wasn't ever going to be any leftovers. Oh, you, you didn't want to travel two hours. That was only a two-hour drive, right? Three hours from yeah. Nashville. Oh, what man, I must drive fast because it's only three hours to get to Montgomery from uh, my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm coming out from Franklin, too, so. Ding Dong of the Week brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Blaine, you want to get a start? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My Ding Dong, yeah. We're cool with that. I, I don't see anybody behind the glass. I think they left. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Ding Dong for me, and you got to get it ready to rock and roll, is with my man, Bill Belichick. Yes, a reporter asked him about his New Year's, I think, resolution here a week in advance. I got to applaud him, though. He was a cool customer. Hick it, Bill. <laughs> that was after the loss to the Bills. And what I'm not giving Bill Belichick the ding oh, dong, I'm giving the reporter for asking this. Really, it's kind of week too early, right? Did somebody set the reporter up, you think? I, I think somebody said, I don't know. She was so sincere, too. I went back and watched it 50 billion times just because I wanted to see his reaction. He didn't change. He didn't flinch. He didn't do anything. He was so nice. And he left the door open for somebody to ask him next week because he said, well, get back with me next week. <laughs> what? <laughs> he could have. I could come back to you? He could have roasted her in that moment. He was nice in that he moment. He really was. Not so. only after a loss, after a crucial divisional loss that gave yeah, the Bills AFC control East. of the division. Mm-hmm. That's You don't do that. That, yeah. that reporter has not cannot have been around Bill Belichick for long if that's the question they go to after a big loss like that. Yeah, I'm wondering if somebody set her up. Like, to ask him this. We'll get him to laugh or do something, you know, because that was... Uh... Yeah, that was, that was a little different. For He's me. been a little softer lately. He had he apologized to a reporter last week for being short with them on something. Uh, Belichick, I think, is a is a g- bit of a goofier, light lighter hearted guy than people give him credit for. He has this persona with the media. I think Belichick's kind of a goofball sometimes. Yeah, well, you ask any players who play for him behind the scenes, he's a lot yeah, funnier than ever. But I think now he's getting looser with the media. Just compare him and his best old buddy, his old pal, Nick Saban. As they get older, they starting to be a little more looser and funner with yep. the media. Yep. No, yeah. you, you see that with Saban, too, yeah. 100%. Yeah. He yeah, has well, these... best buds, man. They out on the boat, man. I'm, I'm waiting for to get the invite. I'm going to go out there and get something. I'm going to tell them <laughs> I'm bring some uh, uh, Panzeca pizza. Maybe they'll let me come on there. Uh, the parallels between those two are incredible. <laughs> uh, Brett Batchelor, you got a ding-dong? What you got? Oh, by the so way, by the show, way, wait, before you know. go, Bert, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, before you fi- go, we play at Montevilla, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, that, I passed the exit. Montevallo? Montevallo, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, I passed the exit on the way back. And I said, oh, that's where my man Brett went. And that golf course that you passed right there on the interstate, the yeah. 18th tee yes. in the driving range, that's our facility. That was Montevallo's practice facility that you passed oh. on the interstate. Oh, that's where you hit the hole-in-one? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was pretty cool because I, I knew somebody went there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What's your ding-dong? So a couple weeks ago, we know that the Titans lost to the Houston Texans in a not-so-good fashion. Well, yesterday, the Chargers lost to the Houston Texans in a very, very important game for the Los Angeles Chargers. They'd already lost the division. They're now outside of the playoff picture because they lost to a bad Houston Texans team. They're on the outside looking in because the, the, they lost to the Ravens. They lose to the Texans now with two games left on the outside looking in to a team they should not have lost to. So the L.A. Chargers, my ding-dong of the week. Sound familiar?
Hey, man, all I can say is <laughs> only thing's bad is that they lost closer games, the losing teams. The Titans have lost to the Texans, the Jets. Who else did they lose to? It was bad. Well, the the Steelers' loss was a bad oh, loss. Oh, the Steelers was a bad loss. I'm sorry. Their their offense is putrid. It's pathetic. I, I, it, that game pissed me more off than the Texans and the Jets it, it, game. I've seen that honest. across the board with Titans fans. I, They're really more does. upset about that loss in I, Pittsburgh than they are. It's because it's the Steelers and you gave it. You gave them the game. Yeah, it's because of the it, way things went. Yeah, right. Mean, the Texans, you throw four not, interceptions against anybody. That's what's going to happen. It, but it, this, it, the Steelers game, the way that shook out, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. People are looking at that as the biggest yeah, disappointment. Yeah. I I have one more ding dong. Oh, double ding dong. Yeah, I got a double ding dong. Double dare. Because, you know, just because before you go, I think yours is pretty good. But uh, what what were those two ding-dongs doing for the team with the WFT, uh, Washington <laughs> football team? What were the Alabama guys, since you guys are from Alabama, I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. What were the former Alabama teammates up there touching each other and finger-pointing and smacking and punching each other while they sitting on the bench? It reminded me of a time of Perry Phoenix was on our team on the sideline. You guys know nothing about that, but uh, that, that that definitely would go viral. But, man, I'm wondering what was said, and then why are you touching, pointing your finger and hitting his forehead while you're talking to him, especially playing defense is super hyper aggressive adrenaline rush to play that. So even when you sit down, you're not sitting down. That's why I think they should give us 30 minutes before they even interview people after a game. So you can kind of settle down, get your thoughts right. Uh, so, man, I, I gave him a ding-dong. First of all, the guy touching the other guy in the head, I don't care who you know, don't be touching, especially no 300-pound guy. I don't care if you are 300-pound. He's going to come up swinging. What the heck are you doing, man? Don't touch hands on me. Darren Payne giving uh, and, Jonathan and Allen, Allen a little, yeah, Allen, little, yeah. little touch on his temple. Yeah, man. Now, know, you're, you're trying to aggravate someone if yeah, you're doing yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 Getting yeah, the yeah. finger in the face and yeah. just pushing his face with the finger. <laughs> Yeah, that one there. I'm, I'm. Yeah, that one there. I want to really know the inside story. Like, was it something outside of like actually football? Like, hey man, we practice uh, this and you didn't do this, or was it more like, hey man, you pissing me off, man, when you didn't bring bring me some snacks in the meeting room because you know I was hungry. And I mean, hungry. Might have had something to do with giving up 42 <laughs> points in the first half against the Dallas Cowboys, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. My ding dong of the week is Cliff Kingsbury. Uh-oh. The Arizona Cardinals, who lost their third straight to the Indianapolis Colts. And it's not just because the Titans needed the Cardinals to win to clinch the AFC South on Saturday, but because of late-game management by the head coach of the 5-7 and seven Texas Tech Red Raiders, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> reared its head again in that game. It's not the first time that we've criticized Cliff Kingsbury's late-game management against the L.A. Rams on Monday night football. Late-game situations. Ah, that's right where they had the football, they knew they were going to need an onside kick, wasted a bunch of time, ended up kicking the field goal anyway, just managed very poorly overall in that game. And then again last night against the Colts, that final drive, they're dinking and dunking. They're taking what the defense has given them. They're taking up a lot of time. And you think they're going to go for the touchdown. They're going to need to get an onside kick either way. But on third and 10, inside the 20, with 42 seconds left, that's when they decide to kick the field goal. Rather than one run one more play that'll, what, take four or five seconds off the clock, they decide to save that time yep. and kick the field goal. Uh, the usage of the timeouts, just everything about the way Cliff Kingsbury has handled the last few weeks for the Cardinals uh, have shown why people had questions about him being hired in the first place. He couldn't win at his alma mater with Pat Mahomes as his quarterback. 
at Texas Tech. So people said, why can he win with Kyler Murray in the NFL? And he did on the front end of this season, but they're banged up. DeAndre Hopkins gone for the year. They didn't have James Conner on Saturday. I think Cliff Kingsbury is kind of being exposed a little bit right now. The Cardinals have also been wretched at home. I think that was their fourth loss at State Farm Stadium. Mm, man, that's a good one there, man. You know, and he's only in his second year as head coach, right? So he's got to yep. get with the program. I think one of the interviews he said something about, like, we hadn't gone through that scenario. No, it's your job to go through that scenario in practice for every situation. Now, we could blame it on Kyle. Maybe he was protecting Murray. Maybe just made a bad decision there. But some of it has to go to the head coach. So, yeah. Well, they got the Red Hot Dallas Cowboys next Ooh. on Sunday. Ooh, they, so. Oh, man, them Cowboys look good. Woo-wee. That's the first time I kind of watched them a little bit. I know everybody's saying they were slumping a little bit a couple games ago. But offensively and defensively, man, they looked wow. Man. Cardinals in danger of losing their fourth straight to Dallas next weekend. Let's go to the phones. For Eric in Nashville, he's got a ding-dong. Go to MarkSpain.com and get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. And we go to the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Eric in Nashville. How you doing, Eric? Hey, guys. First of all, I say I wish we could play the Cardinals now instead of the first game of the season. Probably had a lot better <laughs> shot to beat them. <laughs> no doubt. Guys, you were going through it. I was still scared you was going to take, man, but you didn't. But my ding-dong has got to go to Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens lose to Cincinnati Bengals 41-21. to And, of course, late in the game, Joe Burrows passed, and he passes for over 500 yards. And if he had known the NFL record, he could have passed for some more. So, apparently, John Harbaugh has a problem with uh, the coach, Zach Taylor, doing that. He was questioning why he was doing that. They were up big late in the game. Excuse me? This is from the same coach who last year put it on the Bengals and ran it up on them. And also, if you're not mistaken, guys, remember, earlier this season, he was so worried about some sort of rushing record. He kept running the ball against the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio. And, of course, Fangio questioned him about that. And he says, no, it's just a record. I just wanted to do it. They asked him about it after the game. What goes around comes around. So don't mm. be giving me those excuses. You can't be all of a sudden getting upset because the other team does it, do it to you after you did it to other teams. There's no excuse. Get your big boy pants on. Quit whining. You know, it just, it's, it's unbelievable. If you don't want – other teams doing it to you, then don't do it to them. I just don't want to hear that crap now. Mm. Take, y'all take care. Ooh, I love that. Thank you, I'm, Eric. First thing that comes to my mind is two years ago in the playoffs when Vrabel held the punt and took the penalties, and you see Bill Belichick going Losing off. Losing it. Who actually, I saw him do this in a game like weeks before, like four weeks before the exact same thing. You'd have no problem with that. It's within the rules, Bill. So, yeah, I, I can't believe Harbaugh did that. This is not Pop Warner. Everybody gets a trophy you you keep better keep playing ball that is a great that's a great ding dong by eric because and and joe burrow talked about it too right he said Mm -hmm. they did the same thing to us last year you won't get any sympathy from me joe burrow who passed for 525 yards in that game he was phenomenal the Bengals exploded on Mm -hmm. offense in that game but he's right i mean he, he referenced the broncos game earlier this year vic fangio was fuming after that game, fuming because the Ravens continued to run the football, trying to break that rushing record when they were up and could have just taken a knee. So, yeah, John Harbaugh, get out of here. Don't want to hear that. Go to Phil in Nashville Hello, John. for his ding-dong. What you got, Phil? All right, I got two uh, two ding-dongs here. And if I was on the breakfast yeah, and if I was on the breakfast club, I'd give him a donkey of the day. All right, now check this out. <laughs> hey, look, I am so 
so angry because I am a Niners fan, but I don't like to see the Titans lose. But I gotta admit, and I'm not taking away from any any receiver that did good on the Titans or what they did about capitalizing on mistakes. But Jimmy Garoppolo was the MVP for the Titans. Oh, he yeah. was the MVP. I mean, he blew it. I mean, he had a wide open fullback right down the sideline there that was going to score a guaranteed touchdown. He's in the red zone. He throws another interception. And then my double, the reason why I told you a double, they warmed Trey Lance up all night long. He just stood there throwing the ball, and they never put him in. I, I, I just, I'm dumbfounded on that, so I got to give the other donkey or uh, whatever you call this thing to uh, to their head coach and, and the GM too, because this is just ridiculous. Oh, well, I love you. Guys. Happy New hey. Year's. Hey, Happy New Year, Phil. Thanks man, for the call, Lance man. Shanahan and Garoppolo get to Jay. A uh, triple ding dong, man. Ooh, yeah, man. Jimmy Garoppolo still catching strays from his yeah. performance on Thursday. Yeah, that that was the one thing that stood out all week that I talked about. Uh, playing Garoppolo, he's really good until clutch situations, and though that really he lost the game. I, you know, I never point a finger, but guys in the locker room are talking about it now, and they can lose confidence in him once he sees the body language, and they could be on defense because I'm sure that wasn't his first time. But when he gets going and he's hot, he's cool. But like, you can't throw the interception in the end zone. I know the Jackrabbit, right? You can't throw the interception this high balled. Okay, there was no pressure. To Amani Hooker. Hooker, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't, don't, there was nothing. So as soon as he got a little nervous and got a little tight around the pocket, he gets a little tight and he just forces things and try to make something out of nothing instead of just throwing away or taking the sack. Uh, and I think that's going to be the detriment. I think that's why they actually drafted a quarterback. And I, I really believe that they were really going after uh, Tom Brady at the time. We, and I think that's who Tom Brady was actually talking in about. In the HBO. Yeah, he going was for talking that? about Garoppolo. Yeah. Because he played, Garoppolo played behind him. And then remember he started when, you know, Tom got mm-hmm. injured. Yep. And then, oh, he won 11 game or whatever it was. And like he was better. He's like, that guy? Oh, no, he's a choke artist when it comes down to it. When they get when it gets nut-tutting time, he not the dude. A lot of parallels that we talked about on Friday between that game, Titans and Niners, and Titans-Steelers. The way that the Titans... Uh-huh. Kind of, t- they took advantage of the mistakes, right? But there's no question that they were helped by the mistakes from Jimmy Garoppolo. If that's a touchdown to George Kittle in the end zone, it's 14 nothing. We know the Niners hit a field goal on their next drive. Do the Titans get out of a 17 nothing hole? A big difference, right? Or Between do they approach it a little bit differently after coming out of half? Maybe they mm-hmm. abandoned the run a little sooner than later. Big difference between down seventeen nothing at half and down ten nothing at half mm-hmm. when you get the ball back. Same thing happened in Pittsburgh with the Titans. Titans handed the Steelers the opportunity. The Steelers took advantage of it. Niners handed the Titans the opportunity on Thursday, and they took advantage. Yeah, and and, and those Titan turnover. The one that really eats at me is the quarterback exchange with the, the center. That mm-hmm. really bothered me. The, the other ones, you could give it, uh, Ferkser kind of irritates me because he didn't do high and tight. But the other two guys, they it was, uh, you know, or the tip ball. But, you know, McMath, I thought his it was an effort play. So sometimes, you know, guys trying to do too much, and it happens sometimes. That happens. But th- those, those turnovers, if just imagine if they didn't turn the ball over any and just punted the ball, they would have won the game. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Three and out, punt. Karen had a great day. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear in it in this game because the, the Steelers' offense is horrible, man. I, if I was them, I I know it's hard to do. He's a Hall of Famer, but we got to we got to move on. That that, that is peach. I don't know what kind of offense they're running. It, I, it may look like a high school offense. They were shut down yesterday, that's for sure. Let's go to Mindy in Clarksville for the Ding Dong of the Week presented by Mark Spann Real Estate. Hello, Mindy. 
Hello. Hey, My game dog of the week goes to the Cleveland Browns. Run the dang ball. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mindy. What happened in the, I did not see that game. Four interceptions from Baker Mayfield against the Green Bay Packers, a career high, three of them in the first half. I'm going to I'm gonna find out how many carries uh, Nick Chubb well, got in that game. In the game. meantime, I do remember this. A lot of people, when I was listening to the talk show hosts uh, nationally, they were talking about uh, Mayfield really hasn't improved from his rookie season. And I don't know if it's because of the shoulder injury to the left shoulder, but his mechanics was off, they said. And, uh, you know, that's what you have to play through when you're, you know, a player like that, nobody cares that you're injured and that you're trying to compensate on your throws, and then you start messing up your mechanics. And that's what they were saying. Now, these are quarterback guys, too, by the way, uh, from, uh, I think, Dan Olaski to Hasselbeck. Browns on Saturday in a 24-22 loss to the Packers. Ran the ball with Nick Chubb 17 times. He averaged 7.5 yards per carry, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Baker threw it 36 times. What was, what was the final score? 24-22. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, if it was a blowout, then you see why. Mm-hmm. But it was a tight game there. Then, yeah. yeah. Some of these coordinators, sometimes they, uh, especially if the quarterback's not playing well, why do you keep throwing the ball? Dearness Johnson got four carries. Anthony Schwartz, the speedy wide receiver from Auburn, had right. a couple of carries. But overall, to running backs, they no Kareem Hunt in that game. They handed the ball off twenty-one times. Yeah. Yeah. Baker Mayfield with two interceptions in his first three possessions in that game. So that's oh, a, I would have just said we're going to run the ball. You know, three in the first half. That's it's a good submission by Mindy. All right, we got to hit a break. When we come back, I see Cousin Danny. I see Kenny the Mailman. We're going to get their ding-dong of the week. Talk a little bit about the health of this Titans team and who they might be able to get back over the next few weeks. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, had something interesting to say earlier today. So we'll get to that. Ding-dong of the week and more coming up. It's Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Yo. Back at it, Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Lucas Panzika stepping in for Mickey Ryan, celebrating a birthday today. Hope everybody had a very merry Christmas weekend, hanging out with the hitman Blaine Bishop, Brett Batchelor, making it all happen. We're maintaining a victory Monday. I know the Titans won on Thursday, but I'm sure Titans fans are still feeling that victory. The, the, the Titans, uh, he gave them off to, you know, for the holidays, right? He had to be back today. Long week. Mike Vrabel had a press conference earlier today. Might play you some of that audio in hour two, talking about the long week to prepare for the Dolphins, who play tonight. So they'll be on a short week Ooh, going into that. that game. They play mm-hmm. the Ian Book-led New Orleans Saints tonight on Ian Monday Book, Night Football. Notre Dame, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Rookie. They're down to their, oh gosh, fourth, yeah, fourth quarterback. And if Book goes down, it'll be their fifth. And they're still hanging in there for outside. They are firmly in the playoff picture. Sean Payton really. What are they, 7-7 or something like that? 7-7, I believe. Yeah, they're not doing too bad considering all the things that have happened with Winston. And I think they've kind of figured out Tyson Hill is not the dude. No. He's a good change of pace guy, but he's definitely not the guy. Saint, I believe the Saints control their own destiny. They're seven and seven. They've got the Dolphins tonight, the Panthers, who are reeling right now and are having some COVID issues right now as well next week, and then the Falcons to close out the regular season. So the Saints are looking at a three game stretch here where they can go ahead and finish ten and seven, which would be a phenomenal finish with what you know, Titans fans, I know the Titans have been so banged up, broken the record for players played in a year, but my goodness, the Saints 
the stretches they've gone without their best offensive lineman, without Alvin Kamara, without their quarterbacks. They've had to play with mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and now Ian Book at quarterback, and they've got a shot to finish with 10 wins. And in the, yeah, having a shot of going to the playoffs. And a shot to end a six-game win streak by the Miami Dolphins tonight. You can hear that game right here on The Zone. Oh, Ding okay. Dong of the Week, presented by Mark Spain Real Estate. We go to the Mark Spain Real Estate hotline and talk to Cousin Danny in the borough. Danny, hope it was a Merry Christmas for you. How's it going, man? Man, it was a fantastic Christmas. All the kids loved it. I hope it was the same at your pizza-filled household, Lucas. Good. Same to you, <laughs> Hitman. <laughs> Thank you. What you got? So, Someone stole my thunder a little bit with the Harbaugh thing, but I was really trying to roast the entire coaching staff for Baltimore. because it, Most people that listen to the zone know at this point that I'm a huge Bengals fan, right, and I follow the team religiously, almost obsessively. But the Bengals uh, and the Ravens' hatred goes deep. And last week, all last week, the, the Ravens' coaching staff was asked several questions about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And they were asked specifically, hey, are you guys going to do what you did against Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? And they kind of scoffed, like, well, you're talking about a future Hall of Fame quarterback and the best receiver in the league, so no, we're not going to double and triple team a couple of rookies. And so what happened? The Ravens ended up still having to double team Jamar Chase the majority of the game, which just opened up the entire field. Joe Burrow had a record-setting day, and the Bengals had three receivers with over 100 yards receiving. Joe Burrow also had a 60-yard touchdown pass called back that really shouldn't have been. Like, he, he just played a phenomenal one of the best quarterback games I've seen in several years yesterday and he was so smugly humble about it when he was getting interviewed after the game and I just I loved it it was just like when you knew you're a ball like there's that song from that line like real gangsters don't flex nuts because real gangsters know they got him that's yeah. Joey B he's not he just got him dude and he's flexing silently dropping 525 and four touchdowns in the process and then we'll smirk see you dude dude mm. Get wrecked, Ravens. Who Yeah. Thank you, cousin Danny. Wow, wow, he was pumped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was five twenty-five. I think Warren Moon threw for five twenty-seven in nineteen ninety. I think that's what I saw on the four-letter network today or yesterday, and uh, that was kind of interesting. I, I, you know, it was before my time, but man, just to see that he did that kind of work with three really good receivers, and by the way, they got a good tight end too. That. You know, that kind of leads to the, one of the questions that I had about what team do you not want to play if you were a Titan? Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be kind of interesting. We put it out there. I think what we had, uh, the Bills, Patriots, uh, as, as well. Bulls, right Chiefs, there. Bengals, Bills, and uh, and, pa- and Colts. Colts and the Colts, yeah. Yeah, yeah so those teams, it would be interesting to see who do you want to play or who do you not want to play. The ba- Bengals. After that game, 41-21, the route of, of Baltimore, the first team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, and two 1,000-yard receivers that are all 25 or younger. They're going to be around for a while. And Tyler Boyd, by the way, knocking on the door of 800 yards on the year with a couple games to go, he's going to have a shot at 1,000. They're going to have a chance to have 3,000-yard receivers in that offense, plus a 4,000-yard passer and a 1,000-yard rusher in Joe Mixon. And one from Tennessee. That's right. Not state, from the University the, the, of Tennessee, but the state, state of Tennessee. <laughs> T. Higgins from had a Tennessee. Huge day uh-huh. yesterday. One ninety four on twelve. Man, twelve catches. Let's go to Kenny the Mailman. He's got a ding dong of the week. Good to hear from you, Kenny. Hope it was a Merry Christmas. Thank you. It was. Barry, how you doing, old friend? Hey, man, I'm doing great, Kenny. I guarantee you're going to love this. Are you ready for this? I'm holding. On. I'm, I put my seatbelt on right now. 
<laughs> I don't know if you are. I got home late last week, and it was the Wheel of Fortune. And the lady was on the grand prize-winning phrase, and she just stood there and looked at it, couldn't get it, and the phrase was, don't be bamboozled. <laughs> now, here, instead of the lady being gracious, she looked at Pat and said, that's not even a word. And I was screaming at the TV, if you'd listen to my buddy Blaine, he'd have won you a car. It is a word. But it was, don't be bamboozled. I wish I could <laughs> take a screenshot of that and send it to you. All my best. Appreciate you. Thank you, you Kenny. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully uh, <laughs> other teams get bamboozled and not the tights here and we finish it first. But I think finishing second is not too bad. It's just the buy, as you mentioned. I'm sure a lot of guys and players probably rather have a week off, too. But, yeah, if they're hot and they got that mojo and they win, like, four in a row, mm-mm, let's keep this thing going. <laughs> we we brought up that poll question. Which AFC team scares you the most down the stretch here? Chiefs, Bengals, Colts, and Bills. I saw this brought up on NFL Network, too, talking about who's the second-best team in the AFC right now. Chiefs are red hot. They've won eight in a row. They're, they're just blowing people off the field. Pat Mahomes looks like Pat Mahomes again. Defense is picking up steam. So the conversation has become what's the second-best team in the AFC, and that led us to an interesting nugget from Tom Pelissero. So we'll bring that up, give you these poll results, hour two. Coming up on Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone.